0: Welcome, everybody, to the May 2022 meeting of the Denver Astrology Group. So, this is our second meeting back in two years. And this is actually, I started this group in May of uh, 2008. So, this is actually our 14 year anniversary today, I believe. So today we're going to be focusing on the topic of eclipses because we find ourselves right in the midst of eclipse season where two weeks ago there was a solar eclipse in the sign of Taurus in the tropical zodiac. And this weekend, late on Sunday night here in Denver about 10 p.m., there's going to be a lunar eclipse in the sign of Scorpio. So a few years ago, I think it was in July of 2019, we did a meeting of the Denver Astrology Group where we had people come up and share stories. And Lisa Scheim and I did an initial introduction where we talked about eclipses and explained our interpretive principles of how what all you have to do is just see what house an eclipse is falling in as well as the house opposite to that. And what happens is the eclipses will open up a sort of portal where great beginnings and great endings will start taking place in that area of your life in six-month increments around that time. Because what happens is the eclipses will bounce back and forth between two houses in your chart for about a year and a half or sometimes as long as two years, Um, so it just keeps bouncing back and forth and activating those topics in your chart and different areas of your life having sometimes major endings and other times major beginnings. So eclipses always act as catalysts for change, and change sometimes can be good or sometimes it can be more challenging, but the primary idea you need to keep in mind is just that they're catalysts for change in that area of your life. So Two years ago, we outlined most of the interpretive principles and things like that, but that meeting went so well where when we had people come up to the mic and share their stories of things that had either happened to them in the past when they looked at eclipses in their chart and the houses that they were falling in, or in some instances, people came up and talked about current things that were happening now and that they could see developing in their life with those eclipses taking place. I think it was in Cancer and Capricorn then, in the summer of 2019. so That went so well that I wanted to actually do a follow-up meeting to that today, where we primarily focus on audience members sharing their stories about eclipses And in the Meetup announcement, I encouraged all of you to watch the recording of that previous meeting that I posted as an episode of the Astrology Podcast and to think about your charts and your chronologies and to try to come to the meeting with some stories to share. So for some of you, you may already have some and we're going to have you come up to the mic and share them um, over the course of the meeting. For others, as people talk and share their stories, I want you to use the handout on eclipses that everybody got when they came in, and to start thinking about your past chronology and major events that happened in your life and see if you can connect your life events with any past eclipse series uh, falling in those houses in your chart. And if you do, then you might suddenly have a story that you feel like sharing. So. other preliminary stuff. For those, I am going to record this and I'm going to post it and release it as a, another episode of the Astrology Podcast. So anybody that does share their story has to be comfortable having that posted publicly on YouTube afterwards. Um, I said that in an announcement, so that shouldn't necessarily be a surprise to anybody, but just to re- reiterate that and give everybody a heads up. Um, and yeah, the purpose of this is. One of the reasons why it's helpful is because astrology really comes alive when you can actually directly hear from a person about their life experiences and their life stories as it relates to specific transits. And that experience is a lot different hearing it from a person directly and hearing somebody describe the visceral nature of their life experiences at a certain time in their life that's so much different than just reading about what a placement should mean abstractly in a book. So That's one of the reasons why we're doing this because dialogues between people and the sharing of stories is actually a really integral part of astrology that's always been part of our tradition in history because astrologers have always sat down and read charts with clients and have always primarily delivered interpretations or delineations or consultations as a verbal exchange or a dialogue between the astrologer and the client. And it's through that back-and-forth discussion between astrologer and client that the astrology and the way that the astrology is manifesting in a person's life actually starts to emerge during the course of the consultation. So part of my other reason for doing this is that with people coming up to the mic and then us talking to them and hearing their story and asking additional questions, it's partially replicating what happens in an an actual astrological consultation. So if any of you haven't had an actual consultation with an astrologer before, um, I'd highly recommend it either whether you're a student of astrology, an enthusiast, or even if you're a professional astrologer yourself or you're thinking about starting to read charts for clients, it's a really good idea to get a consultation because then you can actually experience what it's like. And in some instances, if you go to a number of different astrologers, you can get a sense for what you want your own style of consultations to be and some of the things that you want to focus on or emphasize that you liked when you experienced that yourself versus maybe in some instances, there could be things that you didn't like or you feel like you could do better um, that you'd like to adjust when you start offering consultations to other people. And I think that's really important because a lot of students um, a lot of really thoughtful, conscientious astrologers or students of astrology actually put off offering consultations or reading charts for other people far longer than they need to or far longer than is necessary. But one of the things that I like to say that people often don't realize until very late in their studies is that only about 50% of learning astrology is book learning or happens through book learning, and the other 50% only happens when you start sitting down with people regularly and talking with them about their charts. So it's actually a really integral piece of learning astrology, and there's never going to be a point in your astrological studies where you feel like you've learned everything that there possibly is to know and there's nothing more you can learn. Because it's a lifelong study and astrologers Are constantly, even very late in their life, learning new things every time they sit down and talk to a client and read a new chart that they haven't read before. The the big secret in astrology is that astrologers are actually getting something and learning something from having a consultation with a client at the same time that the client is learning something new as well. So it's a two-way exchange. All right, so that's some of the preliminary stuff. one of the things, the diagram or the illustration I have up right now is from my friend Paula Bellomini who makes illustrations for me in diagrams. And this just shows the eclipses that are going to take place this year, which are happening in the signs of Scorpio and Taurus. And they're basically just going to bounce back and forth between Scorpio and Taurus every six months. So right now we're in the middle of the first full set of eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio. We had one eclipse last November um, where it started crossing the sign boundary and moving from Sagittarius and Gemini over into uh, Taurus. So we did have one Taurus eclipse, a lunar eclipse on November nineteenth. But this month and over the past couple of weeks, we're having the first full series in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio. So it's fully activating this axis, and then it's going to stay in that axis, activating those two signs all the way through. I think the later parts of 2023, we're still getting some eclipses in in like Taurus or Scorpio, I believe. Um, and actually, I have. A diagram in order to illustrate that. Here it is. So this is a little excerpt which is um, also on the handout that I've given each of you, and I'll post a link to this handout in the description below this video for anybody watching the recording afterwards. So this just shows the um, dates of both upcoming eclipses through the next few years up until 2025, but also different eclipses that have taken place going all the way back to 2004, because I thought that was a long enough time frame where people can remember and think back to events in their life a decade or two ago in order to track some of these eclipses. So here we can see uh, the first Taurus eclipse happening back here, November 19th of 2021. The current Taurus eclipse happening the 30th of April, 2022, and then the Scorpio eclipse that's about to take place on Sunday happening on May 15th or about May 15th. But then after that point, we'll continue to have eclipses in October and November in Taurus and Scorpio. It'll start to switch to Aries in April, but then we'll still have some residual eclipses like this one in Scorpio in May of 2023 or all the way into October 28th of 2023 still having an eclipse in Taurus. So everybody right now, as they're watching this or thinking about this, should think about where the signs Taurus and Scorpio fall in your own personal birth chart and what houses those two signs coincide with. So for my purposes, I usually will be using and recommending or or in my personal practice, I use whole sign houses where you just identify the rising sign and then you count that entire sign as the first house The sign after that is the second house, the sign after that is the third house, and so on and so forth. Um, And just thinking about what whole sign house the eclipse will fall in will tell you a lot about what topics or areas of your life will be activated. Um, However, you can also use the same technique with Placidus or Porphyry or any other house system depending on your own preferences. And if you do have a preference besides whole sign houses, when you come up to the microphone, just let me know what it is and I'll cast your chart using that house system. All right, so here's a diagram that just shows some of the significations of the houses that we can expect might be activated when eclipses start falling in that part of your chart. So, um, the first house primarily relates to your body and physical incarnation, but also your character and your spirit. So there's often dual significations of like body and mind that come up when eclipses start falling in the first house. And of course, whenever eclipses fall in the first house, that means there's also going to be a secondary set of eclipses falling in your seventh house, which is the place of relationships, partnership, marriage, and other people. So when an eclipse starts happening in the first house and the seventh house axis, um, you have it goes in this sort of teeter-tottering between self and others in the person's life for about a year and a half or two years. Um, in other instances, when the eclipses move to the second house, eighth house axis, it starts activating the sector that has to do with um, your own personal finances and financial resources, or secondarily, the resources of other people in your life, which can include things like your partner's finances, but also things like debt, um, inheritance, and other topics like that. Uh, third house is communication, short-distance travel, and education. And that's opposite to the ninth house of foreign travel, religion, beliefs, politics, um, but also education, such as college learning. The tenth house is career, reputation, and that's opposite to the fourth house, which is like your home, your living situation, and your parents. Uh, The fifth house is typically things like children and creativity. And it's opposite to the 11th house, which has to do with friends, groups, alliances, and your hopes and wishes for the future. And then finally, the 6th and 12th house is a little bit more tricky because a lot of the more challenging topics that we associate with life tend to fall in the 6th-12th house axis. But some of the topics that come up when eclipses fall in the 6th house can be things like focusing on your health and what it takes to maintain good health or avoid or um, address things if difficult health issues come up. And The sixth house can also have to do with your work or if you find yourself running a business, it can have to do with people that work for you or like employees. Uh, The twelfth house, on the other hand, when that is activated, sometimes issues um, pertaining to mental health can come up, other times issues pertaining to isolation and solitude and in some instances the healing nature of isolation and the need to pull back at some times in our life and not be as public or not be as social. And the 12th house can also have to do sometimes with people that we don't get along with in our life or that work at cross-purposes to us, which can sometimes be as the ancient astrologers say, just outright enemies or people that work against you. But in other instances, it can also relate to sometimes things that we do that undermine our own efforts in life or ways, against, ways in which we work against our own best interests. So that's a really rough outline of some of the topics we should expect to see activated and there's a bunch of additional variations and nuances and details that will come up when different houses are activated in the chart, but that gives you a rough outline of what we'll be paying attention to and looking for. Does anybody have any questions about eclipses or the interpretation of eclipses or what we're going to be looking for or just questions about how this is going to go before we get started with people sharing examples? No? Okay. Um, Who has researched this ahead of time and feels like they have a really good example of a set of eclipses either in one house or in two houses across an axis that they found in their own life and feels like coming up to the microphone to share their story? Bethany? Bethany, what's your birth date?
1: March 11th, 1990. What time? 5.32 AM. What place? Uh, Henrico County, Virginia. How do you spell it? H-E-N-R-I-C-O. Usually it comes up. Virginia? Virginia.
0: All right. So you have 26 Aquarius rising? Yeah. That's correct?
1: You know, I haven't actually memorized the degrees. Oh wait, I can check in my book, but that's probably it. Well, yeah, twenty. This says twenty seven forty two, but I don't know why it would
0: be different. Okay, that's pretty close. So twenty six Aquarius rising. So you're an Aquarius rising. I think that's the best rising sign. I think personally, I
2: agree.
0: I think so too. I I don't know. That's just just
2: my unique
0: subjective opinion. (laughs) As an Aquarius rising. Um, <laughs> all right. What's your story? Is this a current eclipse story? Or is it a past eclipse story?
1: Um, do you want one? I have like a whole series. I can um, be pretty Let's
0: say let's say we have like five minutes to run through it. So you can do as much as you want as long as we can do it relatively concisely. Oh yeah, I can yeah. get it in, in
1: five for cool. sure. So I figured we'd start with like the 2020 thing since that's how long it took us to get back here.
0: Okay. So Um, that was the Capricorn Capricorn Cancer Cancer. Eclipse series.
1: Mm -hmm. So
0: that was bouncing back and forth between your sixth and your 12th houses. Yeah. Okay.
1: And that I feel like also because I was learning at the time, it was like really poignant, you know, where I was like, oh my God, this is what's happening. So um, it was 12th and 6th and I was just spending like a ton of time studying like the healing arts, like alternative healing. So I was working at it and I was doing it.
0: Could you come up a little closer to the mic? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. So you're studying the healing arts?
1: Yeah. A lot. Like always, like 24 hours a day. Like what I was sleeping.
0: What specifically or what healing arts?
1: So herbalism. Okay. But also Reiki. And I was like starting that practice and I was working at it Mm. as like a day job too. So I was like studying at it, but it was like super Right in there in the sixth, because I was also like just an employee, you know, it was like a shopper bliss. I wasn't like a manager or an owner or anything. Yeah, so I like that
0: though, because that's one of the positive ways that sixth and 12th house placements manifest, especially when people have a lot of emphasis there in their birth chart, is um, they often find themselves in the position of trying to heal or trying to help others.
1: Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was doing all this work in Capricorn. So it was like isolated. I mean, it was just me and like my coworkers or my classmates. And that was like it. Right. During the pandemic. Right. Right. And so I was like at home and I started working a lot on myself. So I actually went to therapy for the first time and did internal family systems therapy. Um, You can see I have that whole pile up there. There's a lot, a lot of work to do, (laughs) and
0: that was also finishing your Saturn return.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it was like working on like the structure of my body also because I was doing a twelve series, like a Roll Thing twelve series. So it was like deeply getting to like all the like ingrained unconscious nervous system imbalances. So that was like the twelfth sixth.
0: I like the the therapy. I've seen that come up a lot in the 12th house as a, a way of like healing, uh, but healing of like the mind rather than the sixth house, which tends to be more like healing of the body.
1: Right. Yeah. But that manifested as like what I'm doing for others, but I was doing it for myself too. I had really strict diets, like elimination diets. And yes, yeah, so there was a lot of that.
0: So you were doing diets, elimination diets, partially in order to address health issues,
1: mm-hmm. but also to learn how to do them. Mm-hmm. And to like help other, like facilitate other people how to do them.
0: Got it. Yeah. Did you identify some of the dietary stuff at that time or was that already pre existing?
1: Both. Yeah. Okay. It was kind of like I was coming back to it, but also there was new stuff popping up all over the place. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm allergic to peanuts and eggs and never knew that. So yeah. That's finding good.
0: allergies and <laughs> that you're, you're yeah. like eating stuff that's making you sick and not realizing it. Exactly. Which is a really literal manifestation of that concept of like 12th house being the place of self undoing. Which Mm -hmm. is like just sometimes that can be. It sounds really abstract, or it sounds kind of scary sometimes. But it can be sometimes very literal manifestations of just like, is there something I'm doing that's tripping myself up that I'm not aware of because it's a blind spot Mm -hmm. up until a certain point when we become aware of it and then are able to address it.
1: Right. Yeah. And my, you know, Jupiter's there too. So I feel like there's always that positive twist on it. Like, well, things were bad. You know, it's my sixth house, but it's fine because I'm going to help other people figure that out. Right. Um. Yeah. All right. Do we have time for two more eclipses? Yeah, please. Series. (laughs) All right. So then there's the Sag, Gemini one. So that's my 11th and fifth. Um, and I think the biggest thing that happened there was I decided I wanted to have kids, and it just became like the focus. Like I was like, okay, well, I've like developed myself and passed my Saturn return. Now it's time to like get creative with you know this body that and mind that I've been working on, right? So nice. that happened I love
0: that that's brilliant so you start having eclipses in the great beginning or the opening of like a portal in your life at that point was like the idea of wanting to start having children right in your fifth house yeah
1: yeah and like cu- like my community has been changing a lot you know cuz i was like in the traveling community where we just were like nomadic and roaming around and then it you know Then it like started traveling (laughs) in the chart and ended up in Sag and then everything's changing again. And so um, that brings us into this series where I'm like getting married and I'm moving back to my hometown, which is like huge. Like these are two things that like, if you had told me like, 6 years ago that I was going to be doing those things I would have laughed at you like in yeah. no way is that happening like <laughs> I'm you, getting married and having kids and moving home to Florida.
0: <laughs> you literally just um paid your last month of rent and you're like packing mm-hmm. up and getting ready to move across the country yeah. and the Taurus eclipse just fell in your fourth house.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like ending my job which has been like the only job that I've really like held down uh, for longer than like 6 months in my life. We've had it
0: for several years at this point, mm-hmm. and the eclipse on Sunday is about to fall in your 10th house of yeah. career and work.
1: Yeah. And that day actually was the day for no reason at all. Me and my fiance were just like, I think I'm going to quit my job on May 15th. Like, I don't know why, but I'm just like, really feel like May 15th is a day. And then I ended up having to like stay, but I'm actually getting this like transformational, um, ceremonial botanical bodywork session done by one of my, um, Mentors, you know, kind of yeah. So it's going to be like this, this big, it's a, it's huge, you know, it's like probably one of the biggest things. And it's on that, you know, 10th, 4th angular, um, angle, uh, whatever that's called.
0: Yeah. That axis. Axis. And, and you're yeah. also in the process of, you're about to start doing astrological consultations, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really working on building like my own. Um, practice where I can start incorporating all those things that I learned mm-hmm. through the sixth and the twelfth and like building this whole thing where I'm like, okay, like I feel like a baby bird, you know, or I'm about to like jump out and be like, okay, now I'm just doing consulting work. Like I'm going to do herbalism and I'm going to do Reiki. That was another thing that happened in the twelfth was I, I started doing spiritual work. Mm-hmm. So it was like literally work in like the unconscious, like spirit realm. Right, Like, just using my intuition. There's nothing else there, really, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are.
0: That's brilliant. I love that. And I, that's so exciting that you're having both, like, you're moving and having a major relocation across the country with the 4th house eclipses, but then also with the 10th house stuff, you're moving more into starting to offer consultations and sort of becoming your own boss in some sense mm-hmm. versus having worked for, for other people up to this point.
1: Right. Yeah. So it's all... It's it's like all transitioning. You can see it. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. And didn't
0: you you almost you were almost gonna have your first astrological consultation or give your first consultation mm-hmm. on the Scorpio eclipse on Sunday, and mm-hmm. it may be rescheduled. But
1: yeah, definitely. yeah.
0: So I thought it was really funny just because that and the thing you said earlier. About how you were being attracted or drawn to quitting your job also around the same date, your current job. Mm-hmm. Like eclipses have a way, they have this like magnetism to them, or almost like a like a black hole, except not in a negative sense of just like drawing things into mm-hmm. it through a sort of like gravitational vortex in your yeah. life where suddenly you start feeling drawn towards doing certain things and either ending certain things or beginning major things at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that everybody should pay attention to, though, is that sometimes at the time when you're experiencing it, you may not realize or experience it as a major beginning um, subjectively at that time, and sometimes it's only in retrospect or years later that you look back and realize, oh yeah, that thing that I started then actually turned out to be a big deal. And that's actually one of the reasons why we're largely focusing on sharing past stories because actually a lot of you right now, there may be some major thing that's happening in your life right now, but you're not registering it as being a significant event because currently it may look like a relatively minor thing. And it's only in retrospect that you'll be able to realize how much of a life shift and how much your um, path in life kind of diverged at that point around the time of the eclipses. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, th- I like all your examples for that reason because now we can we can see some of this, um, but also you have a good sense of of how major some of those things are gonna be yeah. in the long term.
1: Yeah, it's weird. like especially the fifth house one, where I was just like, oh, like, I don't know what happened, but I woke up and all of a sudden I wanted to have a baby, and that had never happened before. And, right. I, <laughs> and it was a little later, you know, it took a couple months, but it like progresses, like I wonder what song I heard on that day or something, right. you know, where I was just like, me too. I also want a baby, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I love we'll that. You. Um, thank you for sharing that. That was really, that was really good.
1: Great. Yeah. Pleasure.
0: Yeah. All right. So that was a really good example to start with. Um, does anybody else have an, an example that they want to share that, that comes to mind? Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your first name? Amy. Amy. Am I? What's your birth date?
2: March 12th, 97. What <laughs> time? Um, I was so, born at- um, There's
0: a lot of people in the room that just felt very old all of a sudden. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. um, 9.46 PM, or sorry, 9.44. Yeah.
0: Many people, including myself, I want to put that out there. <laughs> uh, um,
2: I was born in Troy, Michigan. Detroit? Troy, T-R-O-Y. Troy, sorry. T-R-Y? T R O Y. O
0: Y. Okay. Michigan, is that right? There we go. Okay, so your sentence like super super late. Yeah. I just want to mention that Mm -hmm. I don't know if you rectified it, but like normally if you were like a client, I would have to rectify your chart just because if we set it for nine forty four p.m., the um, software program defaults to nine forty four and zero seconds, but if we animate the chart and move it forward 13 seconds. So if you're born at 944 and 13 seconds, the Ascendant had moved into Scorpio. Uh. So I just want to mention that as a point of like for new new students of astrology, if your Ascendant is super late or super early, you actually usually need to be careful and try to rectify it because it could be one or the other. Um, do you have any sense or is there one that resonates with you more or, or do you not have an opinion at this point?
2: I, I definitely resonate. I also have Chiron like right on my uh, ascendant when it shows up.
0: Sure, let me. So put it in.
2: I definitely resonate with Scorpio very much, but I also feel like I have the a little bit of the Libra, so it feels like a good mix.
0: There it is. Okay, so you have Chiron and one Scorpio. Yeah. Okay, so what's your eclipse story?
2: Okay, so um, I kind of have a lot, but I'm gonna go back to um 2020 well i had basically a spiritual awakening in um 2018 in the july um eclipses i went to africa um so they were in uh cancer aquarius um so i think they're my
0: pull that up so i said july of 2018 yeah there it is. So, Cancer and Aquarius. Okay, so my it was... fourth
2: house and my ninth house, I think.
0: Yeah. Was... So I,
2: essentially what happened there is I felt like I woke up and I found myself,
0: hmm.
2: um, which has to do probably with the fourth house of Aquarius coming home to my inner inner world. Okay. Um, and then that started a large journey of healing and awakening. But then in so then I'll go. That was just a, a forefront. <laughs> But in um, January of 2020 and the so another cancer, um, I had a dream that I wanted to study hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had that in January. and then in July, I took action and I went to hypnotherapy training and healed a lot of the Chiron, had some a sexual trauma when I was younger that was traveling with me. Mm-hmm. Um, for a long time, and and then I also met my boyfriend, who we just broke up. And my seventh house is in uh, Taurus.
0: Taurus and Scorpio. Yeah. yeah.
2: So hmm. I'll kind of start that journey. Um,
0: Let me put your chart in Placidus, really quick.
2: Yeah, that's the one I have been using. Sorry, Oakland. There you go. Okay. So in um so I so in actually on July 4th, 2020, which was the Capricorn eclipse, we met. It was the first day we got connected.
0: July 4th, 2020. hmm
2: Okay. Um, and then we actually moved in together in May of 2021 on the Sagittarius eclipse, hmm. which is the second house we moved into a house together. So we were like collecting
0: sharing resources,
2: sharing resources. Exactly. Right. And then on November of 2021, I, that was a Taurus eclipse. I felt like I needed change in my work. Mainly I was not happy with the work I was doing and I started looking for new jobs and I moved here two months ago, the beginning of March. Um, and then Zach and I were planning on moving in together and then So, right around the April 30th, I think on like April 20th, we ended up splitting up. Hmm. So, there's been a large dynamic of what my, like finding my own feet again, finding my own self. Yeah. Who am I? Like
0: First house. Yeah.
2: Like, who am I without him? Right. And um, now I'm like creating other friendships out here. Like, since I'm alone, I have to go meet people. Hmm. But I'm also... I have a, a a large urge to do like kind of like I know that I want to be an entrepreneur and that's kind of bubbling at the surface.
0: Mm.
2: Um but I have to feel like I have to move through my own fears and my own wounds of my first house and to be able to share and spread that light.
0: Right. That makes sense. That's really common like first house, seventh house stuff of just going back and forth between sometimes relationships ending or beginning um, and then having this internal process of finding oneself and defining a, a better sense of self both outside of relationships and then other times sometimes within the context of relationships if, if other ones come up um, so that'll probably be a process that you go through that goes back and forth over the course of the next years as, as you keep getting eclipses in six month increments um I, I kind of I don't want like, bias things too much and it's a little difficult because it also could have to do with the overlap of the house systems. But I'm I'm suspecting you're like Scorpio rising just based on what you're saying and based on that if that Taurus eclipse that just happened, you know, in Taurus, if you had Scorpio rising and that was firmly your seventh house, that would be really consistent with what I usually see when a person has eclipses in the seventh house, just for whatever it's worth. Um
2: yeah, I'm really big into the healing arts so diving deep like hypnotherapy i'm accessing my subconscious mind Mm. clearing out everything that's old and from childhood from the past and i know i want to help facilitate that with other people but i have to do my own (laughs) like i'm very deep i like to have deep intimate relationships with friendships um just like not go to the core more which scorpio is like more intense right like that so i would definitely relate
0: yeah, that would make a lot of sense, and that would bring up just especially if your ascendant was in at zero degrees of Scorpio, then you would just have Chiron like right on the ascendant, and those themes of uh, you know the traditional mythological themes of Chiron having his own wounds from early in life, but then learning from that and being able to help other people through the process of trying to heal himself, and that's a really common theme for people to have Chiron really prominent there in their chart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. That's really exciting. Uh, well, the next eclipse, I guess, is on Sunday, right in your first house. So, so one way or another, just continuing that process of learning more about yourself and having a sense of yourself emerging more. Because um, the other thing that happens with eclipses is they're also this lunar eclipse, especially, is a full moon where the moon is super bright and. Um, it has a way of illuminating things and bringing to light things. and especially when it falls in the first house. it's sometimes things about ourselves that maybe we didn't see or didn't recognize previously, but having that idea of something being lit up suddenly so that you're finding or seeing something about yourself for the first time, and that being an ongoing process of of discovery. So it sounds like you're you're on a really good track and and you know headed in a good direction with all that.
3: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> cool. Thanks
0: for sharing. All right. Do you have one? Cool. All right. What's your first name? Alex. What's your birth date?
4: May 21st, 1989. What time? 2.43 PM. And the city? Brunswick, Maine.
0: What house system do you want to use?
4: A hole,
0: please. Okay. Is your son a zero Libra? It is. Are you okay? And that's another one where right, it's like yeah. <laughs> we go back and forth. Let's just. But for you, feel pretty confident about confident about Libra. Do you feel like it could go either way?
4: Well, so I spent a few years thinking that I was a Virgo rising, and then I double checked my birth certificate, and this happened. So that was a whole. Oh yeah, yeah. Thing.
0: That's a whole. Yeah, that's an astrologer thing. Everybody, you know, <laughs> whatever your parents have told you, birth time. I don't care like how certain it seems to be, but especially if it's rounded, if it's like. Just always check the birth certificate because you never know. Like I had that with my sister where I had her birth chart for like ten years and it was one thirty uh, a.m. and then suddenly we find her birth certificate and it's like eight minutes later and the ascendant changes signs. So it's
4: like, what are the odds?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like it's almost like the Murphy's law of astrology that if like the birth time could be off and like change something major, it absolutely will just to mess with you. Yeah, I yeah. just
4: have accepted it. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. All um, right.
0: So, what's your what's your eclipse story with Libra Rising?
4: So, I'm I'm thinking really in a current mode. So, the the second eighth axis, but I'll go back a little bit. I started um, the uh, a doctoral program in English and Creative Writing at DU in fall 2019, um, and so basically what that means is that if you're in that program. You're paid and you work for the university, you teach undergrads, you work in the writing center, you're employed in in addition to being a student, whatever. So the pandemic hit. And so my cohort and I, when the summer was approaching, because we're not paid during the summer, um, we all asked the university, so what are we supposed to do? What's your advice? And the advice was to apply for unemployment. So we did that. And it worked out, but then I got notified, no one else did. I was notified in summer 2021 that it was actually a mistake and I owed all the money from the previous summer Uh back to the state. So that began a bit of a journey um, with a lot of crying and talking on the phone to random people at the labor offices, whatever. But so what ended up happening in, so this past fall, Around November, so first, second week of November, I get notified that I have a hearing. And so I'm going to talk on the phone and kind of explain myself. So I get on the phone with this very nice person and I explain. So we're hired by the university. We are employed. This is a form of employment. And what I end up finding out is that at DU, if you are a graduate student working for the university on paper, you are not actually an employee. Mm. So second house mystery business but um so then nothing really happened as a result of that hearing the guy was so nice he was like this is clearly an issue of you know really um semantics and so I just kind of let it lie and then in April beginning of April I get contacted by the labor offices again and they say it looks like you've been dealing with this for a long time we're going to fix it for you mm. and you actually qualify for pandemic aid, not necessarily unemployment, like a different thing and so that was my april and then last week i noticed that there was money in my account and it had been resolved so so an eighth house Gift maybe right, but yeah. So I guess that's a that's a happy ending after a long bouncing back and forth. But yeah, yeah.
0: that's really wild. So you just had that eclipse in your eighth house of like other people's money and yes. debt, and suddenly not only was it was resolved, but you had an influx of money coming out of nowhere from this other entity. Right. Nice. Yeah. Um, wow, that's a really good example and good story. And then um, one thing I meant to ask, so. The eclipses in 2019 and 2020, that was in your fourth and 10th house Mm -hmm. axis, and you were working for the university, Mm -hmm. which makes sense of like the 10th house placements. Were you living on campus?
4: No. um, I live on Cap Hill.
0: Okay. Cap Hill. Okay. I was just curious if your like home and living situation came into play at all since you would have had Mm -hmm. fourth house eclipses taking place at the same time?
4: Well, I did. um, It it was, um, I, so usually in the summer, I go. So back home to the to the East Coast generally to do like dog sitting house sitting type things. So the fact that that wasn't an option, it was like a, it was like a fourth house, um, intervention or, or something, an interruption.
0: You got held back from relocating like you would normally yeah. do over the summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that would have been not just eclipses, but also just Saturn sort of grinding through part of your your fourth house at that time as well in your Saturn return. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, well that's really interesting do you have any sense of cause so you're about to have an eclipse in your second house mm-hmm. for the first time on Sunday yeah you had that influx of money do you have any sense of how that might play out or like any themes that are starting to come up that might be relevant in terms of your second house
4: yeah so well i'm I'm finishing up the the sort of on-site portion of the program and we actually um, my cohort had to compete for funding so another sort of Second, eighth thing. Right. But I received the funding. So essentially, I'm allowed to relocate for my fourth year and work on my dissertation, you know, wherever I need to. But I'm also going to be doing work for a friend who's a, a rising Scorpio, Pluto in the first house. Nice. Um, and that has been going on remotely, sort of off and on all this year. And it's about to be a more in person. Regular source of income.
0: Nice. Yeah. So you're establishing a regular source of income, and you also, after competing for funding, were able to get funded, where maybe you could have not, or you could have like right. lost that competition.
4: Some of us, um, some of my my group, did not get funded, and that's actually caused um, not a rift exactly, but it's you know we were we've been in this situation, you know, starting this program in the pandemic, where we've supported each other sometimes remotely and we came to this impasse and it's like you can't there was nothing that those of us who got funded could do for the people that didn't get funded and that was painful and bizarre and we cuz you you just can't um they're not there no one has enough to help other people in the group who don't have anything
0: right yeah yeah um well that's an amazing example of just second house topics coming up and being so relevant in terms of either enabling you to do something or alternatively in a way that could have blocked you completely in your tracks from doing something or pursuing a course of action, but in this instance actually getting the green light to, to proceed or to go ahead with what you wanted to, to do. Um, and that's really important with eclipses because like I said, sometimes it can open up a window and, and take you in a direction, but other times it can also like close a window or provide you with a blockage where you cannot proceed further, and you have to like go in a different direction in that area of your life. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting seeing that version of that or that scenario play out for here you here in this instance. Thank you. Yeah, thank you yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, uh, who's next? Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. you. <laughs>
5: Uh, Sophie S O F I.
0: What's your birthday?
5: October 17, 1991. Time. Eleven forty-seven AM in Detroit,
0: Michigan. Uh house system?
5: Uh whole sign's good.
0: Okay. All right. Do you have nine Sagittarius rising? Yes. Cool. All right. So,
5: mine's pretty simple um, and it involves two different houses. So, this was, let's see, the June 5th eclipse on 2020. In 2020, um, I this broke up with my ex.
0: Sagittarius, was that Sagittarius? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So,
5: yeah, I was in Sagittarius. Uh, I broke up with my ex. Literally, I didn't even know astrology back then. And it was like uh, within a few hours of the eclipse
0: what precipitated or because that was in your first house. And I remember that one because we had a debate on one of the forecast episodes at the time because it was just like a partial eclipse Um because right. it was very far from the nodes. And when the eclipses take place far from the nodes, it's just barely. Whereas when an eclipse or a lunation of new Moon or full Moon takes place really close to the nodes, then it's like total and it's more of an eclipse. But we had a debate about whether that was a real eclipse at the time, but I really felt like it was and there were some events that took place that made it clear that that Sagittarius eclipse was starting the whole Sagittarius Gemini series. So
5: I definitely felt it.
0: <laughs> what was it? So, in your first house, like without, I mean, I don't, you don't have to get in yeah. too much if you don't want to in terms of the other party, but what was your like internal motivation or why did that come out of nowhere well, for you? I
5: had a lot of other transits my Saturn return, Pluto square, my son. So it's kind of hard for me to differentiate. And also, I think at the time of the eclipse venus was retrograde on my descendant too so that there was like a lot that's going relevant, on so right. it's really activated <laughs> yeah yeah but it was interesting cuz you're talking about um the the second uh, cuz before then it was the let's see the capricorn cancer so we had just bought a house that february that year mm. and so then and let's see the next eclipse after that june one was um in cancer and then capricorn and so we resolved like the house situation so it was like other people's Belongings and
0: that's um, major in terms of that axis and both the financial investment for you personally to buy a house and also like taking out loans, I assume, for that with the eighth house component.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was major. So then that was the first eclipse in Sagittarius and you decided to break up at that point. And then did you have other like first house, seventh house realizations over the course of the next year or so as those eclipses? Continue to take place in that axis.
5: Um, I did have just like a lot of you know going back and forth between um, like learning about myself through others, kind of, and I had some uh, relationships that started and ended uh, during that whole period. So mm-hmm. kind of just like yeah, a lot of like like you were talking about before, like back and forth between myself and like how do I relate to other people, and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, did you? By the end of that, because now that eclipse series is finished, I think as of late last year, as of like December, um, do you feel like you came out of it with a better perspective about yourself and like who you are and what you need, especially in terms of what you need in terms of relationships than when you went into it?
5: Definitely. Yeah. It was hard, but like I learned, I learned the lessons. Yeah. 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 That makes
0: sense. All right. Cool. That's a really good example. Oh, thank you. All right. All right. Um, who wants to go next? I'm just going to start picking people if nobody raises their hand. <laughs> Are you in the back? What's your name?
6: My name is Lisa, uh, L-I-S-A. Sp- L-I-S-A, okay. How, uh, what's your birthday?
0: 3378, March 3rd,
6: 1978 make you feel a little less older. 19, what, what 78.
0: year? 78. okay, no, that's good. That's good. I feel good about that. Um, what's your birth time?
6: It's 9.06 p.m. It- in Fairfax, Virginia.
0: All right. Oh, wait, house system?
6: Oh, uh, whole sign.
0: Okay. And is your ascendant 20 Libra?
6: Yeah, so another okay. Libra. Nice. So, um... So yeah, I mean, I <clears throat> one of the things m- more relevant uh, is that I've been seeing is this uh, Taurus Scorpio, and it's interesting because it's kind of reflecting back on the Taurus Scorp- Scorpio eclipses that happened um, in that elongated time between 2012 and 2014, and in at that time, my husband and I had <clears throat> just kind of gotten together, and we were really strongly financially building our um, family and just our world. Mm -hmm. And so that was really the focus at that time. Like, I was working full time. He was building his business. It was just full on.
0: So like merging your finances, but also generating income yourself.
6: Exactly. Exactly. And now... Uh, I, we have three kids and I've been home and, um, and he has over the past couple of years kind of thrown all of that up in the air, like for good reason. But we're at kind of at this point now where we're like taking this chance, which I also see as being Uranus and that eighth house as well with, with the nodes. And we're kind of at this point where it's exciting, but also scary where, where we're you know, he's we're making this big leap um as far as his business and and that goes. And so that's really how I'm seeing, you know, this this Taurus Scorpio uh um eclipses go. And as far as the Scorpio and for my point, it's it's really been this uh, uh, deep experience of self-value, really. And just these Uh, Different illusionary ways that I've, you know, placed value on myself in different ways that maybe haven't been working and that sort of thing. So,
0: yeah, that can be really important. Self or second house theme is issues of self value. And sometimes people um, generate their sense of self value and self worth based on their income or like how much money they can make but sometimes at other times when that's not going well or when there's a period of reflection realizing that there's like other w- ways to determine your value of of who you are and what you are that's not necessarily always like financial
6: yeah yeah definitely it's it's taught me a lot about the second house and how how much we tend to emphasize the financial element of it where for me it's been just this huge like this really deep the self-value excavation almost, Mm -hmm. which feels very Scorpionic in a way too.
0: Yeah. Excavation is a great Scorpio keyword.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, but I mean, almost like moving backwards from that real quick too, when the nodes, when the eclipses were in Gemini and Sag, which was in my third and ninth house, I was just, I was enrolled in... between two to three different trainings. Like I just breezed through most of your trainings uh online at that time and I'm doing several others as well. But
0: oh you are studying astrology and just astrology studying classes. astrology. Yeah. yeah
6: and other related uh elements too. And and as soon as the node started to move into Taurus and and Scorpio, I, I was just like I can't do this anymore. It was so interesting just that and I didn't realize that that was what was happening until somebody pointed it out to me. But it, but it was, yeah, it's just really fascinating how it all just naturally happens, as other people have noted before.
0: Yeah, when the the nodes and when the eclipses shift out of a set of houses, how it's sometimes like a light bulb is being like turned off, and suddenly that's not the activated area of your chart anymore.
6: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now it's you know raining in the finances, and you know what's going on if. With right. all of these chances that we're taking and that sort of thing. So, yeah.
0: Um, and that's also bringing it back to the current one. Um, Uranus is at like what, 15, 16 right now? Yeah. So, and that was one of the things about the Taurus eclipse that just took place, is it was closely conjunct Uranus.
6: And I'm having my Uranus opposition. Yeah,
0: that's what I was seeing. <laughs> Uran, Uranus is at 16 in Scorpio. So, it's not just the eclipses. That's, that's certainly like part of it, but also your Uranus opposition is happening on that axis at the same time. Yeah. And you said that partially with that Taurus eclipse taking place in your eighth and Uranus trancing through your eighth, opposing your Uranus, that it's partially something about your partner is is doing or trying something new or different.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What is the just vaguely? What is that?
6: Um, well, he was offered regular jobs, but he's like, no, I want to go do my own thing. So he, we have purchased several companies, and he just he just loves to get things going and start new companies, and you know just build them. Yeah. So we've taken a chance on buying these companies and he's completely rearranging it and he's a cap rising and it's happening on his uh MCIC axis in Taurus and Scorpio. So it's interesting, nice. you know, when you start looking at the how that 8th house really reflects your your partner's chart as well. Right. And um so I think that overlap too is really fascinating.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant and just that with Uranus transits, just that drive or that need for freedom and, and need to be in yes. charge, and that's like his underlying motivation right now is is wanting to do his own thing and, and in some ways be his own boss.
6: Oh yeah, he definitely he has big boss energy oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
0: that's so um, crucial during Uranus transits because it becomes just this internal compulsion that a person has to like seek freedom one way or another. But it's it's funny. How, you know, in your chart, because it's in the eighth house axis that's coming through, like the partner is like seeking that, and the partner is the one driving that right now. And it's not necessarily you because it's not like the first house or something, which is where we find ourselves in the birth chart, but instead it's coming into play from somebody else. And I think that's a really other crucial piece of looking at eclipses as well as transits in general, is sometimes when they're happening in houses other than the first house, it's not necessarily you, but sometimes it can be other people in your life and how they relate to you and important developments that are taking place in their life or actions that they're taking that may have a side effect on you or impact your life in some way, but it doesn't always necessarily describe you directly. And that's really important to keep in mind because then sometimes once you realize that, it opens up your eyes to other events that are taking place in your life around you in the lives of people around you that are, are relevant to you in a very um, serious way.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's really cool. Um, cool. Well, it'll be interesting to see how that goes since this will be the first full set in Scorpio and Taurus and then we'll in six-month increments have you know another instance of that later on this year and just eventually once it's finished and things come full circle, looking back at it in retrospect and seeing how those changes were implemented in your life and what the implications ended up being.
6: Yeah, either we'll be living in our house or we'll be living in a trailer somewhere, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, it, it would be exciting either way. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, um, who, who would like to go next? any new people how many people are this their first time attending a meeting wow that's like 75 80% of the room that's really great cuz you know we were off for for 2 years now so we're just getting things going and i know a lot of people watched these meetings on youtube and wanted to attend but we weren't doing it during the pandemic um, and yeah if there's anybody We're going to keep doing these on the second Saturday of each month at 2 p.m. here at the Mercury Cafe. So, hopefully, that'll be a pretty regular thing. Sometimes we schedule kind of late. I'm going to start trying to fly in speakers in the future. And one of my ideas and sort of like gears that are turning in my head is bringing out other prominent astrologers and having them um, together lead workshops like this so we can see how different astrologers look at charts. And get different perspectives, but also have that sort of like community or audience interaction, which just leads to some interesting things. It can be kind of like unexpected because you never know what's going to happen during the course of those sorts of discussions. But I think um, sometimes it can be so deep and interesting and profound that it's kind of like worth taking the risk of of going into the unknown. So um, yeah, people listening to the recording should find us on meetup.com and just search the Denver Astrology Group and sign up for it, and you'll get the notifications as soon as we send out an announcement about the next meeting. All right, Um, who would like to go? Ashley? Oh, and then afterwards, you. Okay. All right,
3: my name is Ashley and my birthday is November 30th, 92. 3:55 p.m. and it's in Longmont, Colorado.
0: All right. Are you 28 28, Taurus? Yeah. Taurus rising.
3: That's right. Yeah. Okay. And so maybe you guys can kind of help me piece some things together. But um, I guess something that kind of stood out. We have a lot of people talking about like two and eight that axis, right? Um, But I kind of want to start on the Cancer Capricorn three and nine for me right now. Um, I had, I'm sorry, I had a job in 2019 um, that actually it was the week that COVID kind of started. So so end end of 2019?
0: uh, Or, Or you mean end of 2020?
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I think I'm confusing my dates. Let me see here. Um, so basically the year leading up to 2020, so 2019, most of 2019 into 2020, I worked this job that I basically like worked alone in a room making tinctures and I was able to listen to the astrology podcast, like literally for eight hours a day, every single day of the week. (laughs) So I do have like notebooks full of notes (laughs) and that was a very like three, nine thing for me, like learning and yeah, just bringing that. So
0: eclipses were taking place in your ninth house and you were like, Doing intensive astrology learning basically. Yeah,
3: very intensive. And like I was working, but not really focused on my job. I was like trying to focus on learning what I really wanted to be learning. So mm. that was just something I kind of noticed. And then um 2020, uh Friday, the 13th of March, um, I got laid off from that job unexpectedly. And let's see, that would have aligned with I guess that would have also been like kind of cancer going into Sag at that time. Mm. Um, And I'm, let's see, Sag is eight house, second house. Um, So I guess some background the month before that. So I got laid off from this job. It was like a great job. I loved it unexpectedly laid off. And in February, a week before Valentine's Day, which is like a relationship holiday, I got dumped by my boyfriend of a year. So that was like a really like tough thing for me to get through. And I actually decided like, I need to make myself happy and I need to do things for myself. So I decided I was going to start going to the Denver Astrology Group And that meetup that was gonna happen that week, the week that I decided um, it was canceled because of COVID and it never happened again until now.
0: (laughs) Right, your first meeting was gonna be March of 2020. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And so I was like trying to be a part of this group to get over a breakup. And then I got laid off from a job that same week that this group stopped. So that was kind of, A tough thing for me. I also ended up uh, just getting a job really quickly to make money. I was like, I just need, I need money. Mm -hmm. So I got a job. It basically started this track of me having jobs getting laid off because of COVID. Having a new job, getting laid off because of COVID. Like this happened twice.
0: And that was also the beginning because Saturn went into Aquarius in like March and April of 2020. So that was the beginning of your Saturn return in the 10th house.
3: Yeah. So I did have Saturn dip into Aquarius and then retrograde into Capricorn. And now it's back into Aquarius. So I'm full force Saturn return right now. But that was like a little taste of that. And with all of the layoffs, it was like a very prominent to and eighth house thing. I had to borrow money from my family because I ended up having to actually go on unemployment, which I was trying to avoid. Um, but you have to do what you have to do. So I was like borrowing money from family. I was like, I don't know how I can do this anymore. And I don't feel like that at all anymore. Now I'm like secure. I live in an apartment on my own. I've always had roommates. So it prompted me to get a place of my own. I have a job now that's like very secure. Um, and now I'm transiting into my first and seventh axis with these eclipses.
0: And and before we get there, so basically 2020, later 2020 and um 2021 was uh the aftermath of the the breakup and also i'm sure that changed some of the financial picture as well in terms of like not having like a A partner partner. to pay like half of rent or something
3: definitely so like we had this house this awesome house with a yard and a dog all these great things and um, we depended on each other to kind of pay half of the rent and it went from that to I went and moved into a friend's basement for a little while I met people online that we got a house together I didn't know them that didn't work out well um, and yeah, so it did prompt me to try to get financial security on my own. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I could do it, especially after borrowing money from family. Like, how do you start from a good place there? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so now I do have that. And it's just a very second house, eighth house thing for me with like my own personal security. And I feel better being alone now because I can do it.
0: Right, that yeah. makes a lot of sense and that brings up some of the the meanings of the nodes. One of the things I find interesting about like the Indian tradition of astrology is they have a much more sense of the nodes like shaking things up and sometimes destabilizing things. Yeah. And it seems like a common theme that we've heard a few times so far is like the nodes moving into certain houses and eclipses starting to take place and that shaking things up or sometimes destabilizing or bringing things to an end. But then by the time that eclipse series, um, Finishes, you've gone through this whole journey of sort of discovery and of like trying to find balance in that area of your life and eventually, usually accomplishing it to some extent, yeah. um, so that you can look back and feel like you've made progress by the time those eclipses stop taking place in those signs.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I would say, like, I mean, I have found security in the job that I have now, which happened during the eclipses in my second and eighth. And so, yeah, it's, you know, extreme endings with a lot of jobs ending and then new beginnings as well. And I am excited to see how these this series goes with the Scorpio Taurus first seventh. I think it'll be positive for me hopefully in terms of like everything I just went through, ending the relationship, getting financial security and now how can I focus on myself but also maybe share that with another or even just one on one like who knows how that could manifest,
0: yeah, for sure. As it jumps back and forth over the next year or so between your first house and your seventh house, and then you had one in like late November already where the first eclipse took place in Taurus. Um, and that's kind of recent, and we, and we just had a second, so it may not have fully formed yet. But do you have any idea where there any things that came up with that eclipse or those two eclipses starting to take place in Taurus that are sort of like clear in terms of? Greater understanding of the self, or more focus on the self, for some reason.
3: Mm-hmm. So I would say around that time. Um, so my ex, that you know, broke up with me during that other time, um, had been talking to me and like being kind of like leading me on a little bit. And I kind of, I finally put my foot down after years of being codependent mm-hmm. and deciding that I don't want to play these games anymore. I care about you, but I care about me more. So nice. Yeah, nice. so that happened around that time, November, December of last year. Right. So it was kind of yeah, going into my first like, it's about me. Yeah,
0: yeah. and and asserting of self and your own sense of selfhood and what's important to you, and sometimes the need, sometimes to put ourselves first, like that old cliche saying. Yeah. Sometimes can really make sense when eclipses start taking place in in the seventh house and. Um, Going through a process of feeling more comfortable doing that at, at certain points in our life.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So those are just some examples. Thank you for helping me tie them together.
0: Nice. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Did you have one? Yeah. What's your name?
7: Um, my name is Linda. What's your birth date? 1117, 1953. What time? 510 PM Denver.
0: All right. Is your ascendant for Gemini? Yes. Uh, what house system do you want to use?
7: I usually do Regio Mont.
0: Okay. That's cool. Is that we got a William Lilly person or Renaissance? No? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Reggio.
7: Um, so I'm asking about orbs. Um, so the eclipse tomorrow is like at 25 degrees Scorpio. That's my son. Okay. And it's like about five minutes different or something. Like
0: yeah. That. It's like right on your sun.
7: Yeah. So I know in, in ancient times, the Kings would hide. When that happens. Right. So you're lucky I'm here today. But yeah.
0: I mean, they they would actually get a substitute person and like put them in place on the chairs. So I don't know if you're actually the real Linda or
7: (laughs) this is my avatar. (laughs) Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. You sent an imposter. That's how we know. Um, yeah. Yeah.
7: So I've been watching this coming up and saying, wow, what's gonna be happening? What's happening? Mm -hmm. Um and I've just tried to really dial it back health-wise and be super clean and, and really get enough sleep and all that, drive carefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's happening is an ending. Um, so I'm ending um, a 10-year relationship. And it's amicable and but it's sad. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but... I noticed on your chart that it started. Um, we started our relationship um, on a Scorpio eclipse in November
0: 2013.
7: Okay. And um, it was at 11 degrees Scorpio, which is like right my Venus. Yeah, so, it's really
0: close to your Venus.
7: Yeah. I thought that was interesting.
0: That is really interesting. So you started it under. A Scorpio eclipse and then you ended the relationship recently under another set of Scorpio eclipses?
7: Yeah, it kind of started at the Taurus eclipse April 30th. And, okay, And then, um, yeah, we took a, a month apart and then we came back together and decided, yeah, it's over.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you happen to know his rising sign just by chance?
7: Yes, we share rising signs. We're within one degree.
0: Whoa, okay, of Gemini. But
7: he's um, Capricorn.
0: Capricorn Sun?
7: Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, got it. Um, Yeah, so that's really important. And I guess that brings up a theme that we've seen in a few charts, uh, but didn't really dwell on much of just sometimes one of the ways that you can figure out what's going to happen under a current eclipse cycle is just to look back about eight years or so at what happened the last time that eclipses were falling in that pair of signs yeah. because the nodes will reverse positions about every eight years or so and the eclipses also will similarly start falling in the same signs. So sometimes the best way to predict the future is to look back into the past.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing, um, and I think the reason I can talk about it, it's not so emotional, is. In the zodiacal releasing, which I'm just learning about thanks to you, Um, it's a loosening of the bonds in the spirit of eros. Okay, it's like wow, just for me, not for him. But
0: sure, yeah. So it's an eros loosening the bond, which is usually a major transition in relationships, but then. also in spirit, which usually indicates a major change or transition in terms of the person's career and life direction. So mm-hmm. it may mean that there's something about this relationship ending at this time that also ends up impacting your sort of overall life direction in some broader sense. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well that and that raises a good point, which is just even though we're focusing on eclipses here, of course, um no techniques in astrology work entirely in isolation. And we all Always have like multiple overlapping things going on at once, so that in reality, we should all be like paying attention to like multiple things that are happening, that are describing different things that are happening in a person's life at any one time. Um, So I definitely don't want to give anyone the false impression that eclipses work entirely just on their own. So that's that's a good point that you know other techniques can also sometimes give you more insight into the specific area where things are taking place. Um, when eclipses start happening
7: yeah that loosening of the bonds is May 18th okay so I'm like Um, the other the the reason I didn't raise my hand is tell this story earlier because you know it's not a first house seventh house thing Mm -hmm. so I've been sitting here trying to figure it out and of course I'm in the middle of it so I probably can't but it's it definitely has a lot to do with the daily routine, hmm. and um, you know wanting space in my daily routine, that kind of thing. So
0: right, yeah, daily routines and changing that. I mean, it's it's tricky because you have that that large stellium of four planets all in Scorpio. One of those planets is the ruler of your ascendant, which is Mercury. Yeah, um, transiting Uranus is basically opposing that. Is it coming up to oppose that right now?
7: And um, Leo's at 25 in the fourth house, so household things too.
0: Right. You mean Pluto at 25? I mean,
7: yeah, sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's squaring the Sun. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that can be part of it is just when a person has a huge concentration of planets and eclipses start taking place, because each of those planets rules one or two house houses, it indicates like a concentration um, all in one sector of the person's chart. So when eclipses start ha- hitting there, it can really activate like a bunch of different topics at once.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. So that's that's really interesting. And then you've just said you've you've started focusing on health, some health things, just in order to be proactive about stuff.
7: Keeping it basic. Yeah.
0: Okay. Nice. And and that has that changed some of your daily routines, or how's that impacted you?
7: Yeah. Yeah. attitude. Yeah. Okay. It's like this is a healthy way to do it, not like, oh, I have to do this.
0: Yeah. 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 That's major like sixth house theme of just like the things that we have to do in order to maintain health and vitality and those things that we work into our lives as a matter of of routine and, and repetition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um okay they feel good.
7: Yeah. You do good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, good. Well, that's that's really important thing, I think, also just to remember is is. 6th and 12th house eclipses don't always have to be scary or negative, especially when a person is being proactive about doing things. It can just indicate that's the period in which they started taking that area more seriously or putting a lot of additional effort into maintaining health and doing things like that. So I've seen people have eclipses or 6th house perfections, and like that was the year that they started working out or something like that. And um, starting a major process of like uh upkeep of, of their body and vitality that ended up lasting for many years.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, cool. Thank you. All right. All right. We're we're about we got about 30 minutes left of this meeting. Um does anybody else have an eclipse story to share or has this brought anything up? Yeah, you've got one. All right. What's your name?
8: Hi. My name Hi. is Gina. Gina? G-I-N-A.
0: G-I-N-A. Birth date?
8: February 23rd, 89. Time? 5.02 a.m. Place? South Miami, Florida. Miami? South Miami is South. what I've been doing, but...
0: Okay. Um, Is your... Ascendant or what house system do you want to use?
8: Um, I'm kind of trying to learn both. So let's do whole sign.
0: Okay. All right. Is your ascendant one degree Aquarius? Yes. Okay.
8: Um, so I wasn't planning on coming up here, okay. <laughs> but I kind of was sitting and like scrolling through my Instagram trying to piece some things together. Yeah. Um and I have three that are. Somewhat sequential, um, and I'm kind of new to this, so I might need a little help. Sure, but um,
0: we'll we'll go we'll do it together.
8: So February 10th, uh, 2017, um, I was living in Florida, full time job, working in mortgages, married, owned a house. Um, February 10th, 2014, 2017.
0: Okay, so we're talking about uh, roughly around a Pisces. Eclipse,
8: yeah, February tenth. Uh, I think that is that the Capricorn one. Oh, sorry, Leo.
0: Oh, February. Okay, so it's Leo and Pisces that month.
8: Yeah. Okay. So on that day, literally that day, I posted a bunch of pictures of. Um, I went up to like Blue Ridge, Georgia, with my parents and my husband and his parents, and um, for my birthday as like a birthday thing. And while I was there, I just out of the blue decided that we're going to move to Colorado. So (laughs) um, that was the start of it. I was like, I really need a change in my life. Um, And being in those mountains triggered me wanting to be in these mountains. So um, I mentally made that decision that day, like sitting on the back porch, staring at mountains. Um, And through the course of, the first half of that year was convincing my husband that we were going to move to Colorado. Right.
0: So, um, which is funny because that eclipse is in Leo in your seventh house. So it's like you made that choice, but part of the then process then was c- convincing your husband and bringing him along.
8: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm having a little hard time like justifying the house relevance or, yeah, the house access relevance. Right. So that's probably where I need a little help. Um, and then the next thing that happened was August 21st, 2017. Okay. Specifically on the day of that eclipse. And I remember it because like, everybody in my office went outside to see it because we could see it. That was the great American eclipse. Yeah, I guess so. We had the little crescent-shaped shadows all over the ground, which I thought was really cool. Right. Um. So that day, I was keeping the secret from my job that... We had just put our house in the market, and we were moving to Colorado. <laughs>
2: okay.
8: So, um, I I can't remember exactly, but I think a couple days later, or maybe a week or so later, it was the announcement um, to everybody, job, family, our house is going up on the market. All that um, mm-hmm. was shortly after that, and we were moving. I got a job. My husband hadn't secured a job yet, or he was like. In almost secured the job, but I got a job doing mortgages here. Um, and then we moved in late September, early October ish. Okay. Um, and then the last one is July 12th, 2018. This one I, I found the most significance. Um, so, two days before that, on July 10th, 2018, I got laid off from my mortgage job all out of the blue 2 um, days
0: before July 12th 2018
8: yeah so July 10th was when i got laid off
0: okay and that was an eclipse in your 6th house of work
8: um i don't remember exactly yeah. i was looking at it on my chart on my chart just a minute ago but yeah right it there. was
0: it says July 12th so 2 days later yeah. there was a partial solar eclipse in the sign of cancer so yeah. it would be cancer would be your 6th house of work and what happened was you got laid off.
8: Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yes, okay, yes. And then because I've correlated that because of that extremely stressful event of getting laid off and having just moved here and like, oh my God, we just moved here. I got laid off. Half of our income's gone. Gone. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I immediately got very sick again.
0: Um, okay. Shortly after that.
8: So yeah, I early 2017, I got pancreatitis out of the blue. Um, and then right after that eclipse, right after I got laid off, I got pancreatitis again. Okay. Um, and then it just like spewed a bunch of whole other health issues that just all kind of came up around the same time that lasted for about a year and it was a big struggle.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, that's, that's one of the things that starts happening because the eclipses and the nodes move backwards um, you are coming out of a set of eclipses mm-hmm. taking place in your like first house of body, but then also starting to go over to the sixth house, which can be both work but also sometimes health or, or in some instances like illness or ailments. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that's part of it because the one two weeks after you got laid off around the Cancer eclipse in your sixth house of work and health, then there, there was a lunar eclipse in Aquarius two weeks later, which is your first house of, of body and physical vitality. Mm-hmm. So you got pancreatitis or came back again at that point?
8: Yeah. I just had all kinds of health struggles at that point. Okay. Um, But one significant thing after that layoff, I did another one of those mental decisions that I was not ever going to work in mortgages or banking or finance or any of that ever again because I hated it. Um, But I had just kind of ended up in that out of college. So Um, I made a during that time that I got laid off and was looking for a new job and all that, I was not looking for a job to which somebody would probably hire me because I have the experience, you know? So I was looking for other things and I ended up working in the cannabis industry. Um, not, not like in a dispensary, but in a corporate office, mm-hmm.
0: um, as one does when they move to Denver. <laughs> and that's
8: like- From Florida. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, and then, just my whole life since then is is been changing. You know, I was working as an assistant, and then became an office manager, and then left that company because it was very toxic, and was an office manager someone else somewhere else. Now I'm in marketing, so it's just like it's been a very big change to me and who like I am and how I identify myself. Mm-hmm. And since I moved here,
0: yeah, I mean, it sounds like part of it was just it's like we can see this here July twelfth. 2018, that was the sixth house eclipse, which is both work and and health or or illness. Mm -hmm. And the dual things that were happening that month of um, getting laid off and just sudden ending of a job, which is sometimes an eclipse thing, like a sudden ending, um, but also the health stuff kicking up again. But then having an eclipse then also take place in your first house and you said you had a change where you decided for yourself that you didn't want to do a certain type of work anymore. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like that was partially motivated by like an internal change and in a realization about like first house self and like what you wanted or who you were and what you wanted to do in the world.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that kind of where it came from, or how would you describe that?
8: Yeah, I, I was that. Those July eclipses feel like I can make the most sense of them with my limited astrology knowledge at this point, but sure yeah it was definitely a just a big mental shift like i'm I'm done with this being this person that I'm not.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
8: gonna try to figure out who I am.
0: yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um What's funny about that is like in presidential elections, sometimes like the last several presidential elections, the person who has eclipses taking place around the time of the election in their first house, Usually ends up being the one who wins because they end up going through a similar process of having to like reevaluate who they are because suddenly they go from like politician or or whatever they are up to that point to being like the president of an entire country or or you mm-hmm. know leader of the free world or whatever you want to call that and a complete redefining of their like sense of self and um, what they're here to do at that point and it's interesting hearing you describe a sort of version of that. Um, as well, when it came to that change that you made at this time. Um, so now the eclipses have shifted to your fourth and tenth house axis, and you're about to have a lunar eclipse in Scorpio in your tenth house in a couple of days. So it seems like that's again going to bring the focus back to your work, and you, but also more broadly, not just sixth house like job things, but mm-hmm. instead like what you want to do in the world and what you want your direction in life to be after this point. Um, will probably become a major part of the focus over the course of the next year. Do you have any realizations at this point in terms of seeing where that's going now, potentially in the immediate future, or where are you at in terms of like work and career?
8: Yeah, so I've been it's funny that you say that because I've been thinking about like work and home a lot lately. So mm. um we did end up buying a town home late late 2020, early. January 2021 um and I like it but I mean I still just want to be out in the woods somewhere in like a little cottage <laughs> or something you know <laughs> um instead of like within a town city um and I've been thinking about work a lot like I'm I definitely am so much happier like working in marketing because it, it, it really I identify with that from a creative sense and like fulfillment on what I'm doing and having fun you know doing my job, um, instead of just like numbers. <laughs> Cause I don't like numbers. Um, so I was thinking like maybe about a week or two ago, I was telling my husband that I, um, Felt like I wanted to move again all of a sudden. And I was like, I don't know where this is coming from. I have no idea where we would want to move. And he's not going to move. He's got a great job and it's been stable. Like it's not a thing, but it's in my head for some reason. Yeah.
0: You just had an eclipse in your fourth house conjunct Uranus. And Uranus is actually on your IC right now, I believe, transiting Uranus because your IC, which is like the focal point of the, living situation sometimes, but Uranus is right there. I mean, even going back to the 2017-2018 timeframe, that's pretty close to when Uranus first went into Taurus and into your fourth whole sign house, and this whole journey of like moving to the other side of the country kind of began. Mm -hmm. So that's suddenly coming up, and you're having feelings both in terms of wanting to move, but also some implications in terms of your career at the same time.
8: Yeah. I I mean, everybody made a sound, but I'm not sure that I know the significance of what you just said about Uranus and all that, but yes. (laughs) Sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, Uranus can sometimes just be like we were saying earlier. It came up in one of the charts of they're having 8th house Uranus transits and their partner was wanting to make major changes. And there was like a drive for asserting his own freedom within the context of his career and his financial income Mm -hmm. for you. Having a Uranus transit in your fourth house, there can be a similar um, desire to suddenly like break free of something that you feel like is holding you back or to shake things up um, okay. and try something new, is usually just the sense of a Uranus transit. When it's going through the fourth house, it should theoretically then pertain to some extent to your home and living situation. Um, so, just that kind of makes sense in terms of what you're describing.
8: Okay. <laughs> yeah that makes sense
0: <laughs> yeah do you have any sense of what you're gonna do or you're still just trying to process those feelings of like you you know that you have that impulse but you're not sure where it's going to take you yet
8: yeah no idea um i can't see like there's no like realistic picture in my mind of what could happen mm. um so i'm not thinking about it a whole lot or trying not to think about it um so yeah no, i don't know
0: Yeah, um, that's okay. I mean, sometimes one of the pieces of advice I think astrologers give people going through Uranus transits is to try to think outside of the box. And if there's something that you maybe previously or earlier in your life considered to be like a great ideal or idealistic thing, but just too off the wall or too unconventional or just not feasible, um, I guess I would just revisit that and try to consider whether that is actually feasible or that sort of unconventional or unique setup that maybe you always idealized but could never achieve if there's some way that you could achieve that now, whatever that means to you relative to your own like desires and like ideals in terms of your living situation and what you would want out of your life.
8: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Thank um, you. Cool. Thank you for sharing <laughs> that and let us know. We'll have to come back and do this at the end of the Scorpio-Taurus Eclipse series and maybe we could check in again at the end <laughs> and maybe you could come back and tell us like what ended up happening and if you guys like Joined the circus and like went on a, like cross country, like living in different cities and and stuff like that, or or what yeah. your unconventional living and career situation ended up being.
8: Yeah, I will yeah. say over the past, I, th- I think it was maybe a twenty twenty thing that I was like, let's do van life, but there's no like realistic way that we could do that right now with jobs and stuff. So. All
0: right, well, I don't know. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I would thinking outside of the. Outside the box, I guess that's the main directive. So, you know, see what you can do and see even if you can't go to the full extreme, if there's like some middle ground, sometimes that can be enough to like channel the energy in a constructive direction. Okay.
8: Yeah. Thank you. All right.
0: Thank you. All right. Do you have one? I
9: do. All right. My name is Laura.
0: How do you spell it? L-A-U-R-A.
9: Okay. December 31st, 1984, 11.29 in the morning in Boulder, Colorado.
0: All right, is your ascendant for Aries? Yes, it is. Uh, what house system do you want to use?
9: Whole is great. Okay. Thank you. All right. So it's more second, eighth house, which is why I've been sitting there for a while. if we look back at the last long one that Lisa, I think, also looked at before from 2012-2014, that also fell in the Taurus and Scorpio axis. Okay.
0: So the last time the we were having Taurus one. and Scorpio eclipses?
9: Yes. Uh, that was my last year of grad school when I took out my prettiest and biggest student loan, which nice. has the most interest on it. All right. <laughs> um, and then I finished grad school at that time. I'm an acupuncturist. And at the time I was living in California, they only offer the licensing exam there twice a year. So while I was already licensed nationally, I couldn't practice in the state I was living in. So I had no way of like really generating more income than through the part time jobs that I'd had. At the same time, my student loans then like left deferment. So I was starting to pay a whole bunch back and having a hard time getting stuff coming in the door. Hmm. Um, so there's just a lot of resources. I also knew at that point that I wanted to move back to Colorado. I ended up moving back here. I'd been living in California for eleven or twelve years, and I got rid of nearly everything I owned at the time. I moved back in like a Honda Accord was like everything that I brought back from a decade of my life.
0: You got rid of um, all of your possessions. All of my possessions. I love that. It's a great second house a yeah. story. <laughs> okay. I
9: was like done with that. Yeah. Um. So now, as I'm looking again, as like we're back into a second eighth house axis for me. Uh, one of the things that brought me back here was to help. Be able to hang out with my grandmother because she was freaking awesome. And uh, she got sick at the beginning of this year, and I took a lot of time off of work to help her out. And that means that since I work by and for myself in a client facing business, there was once again no income unexpectedly for about a month. And then I caught COVID. So I'm kind of, I noticed at the start of April, it's the first time since I started my business that I was like, oh, finances are not where I expect them to be. Like, this is a different thing. And at the same time, I know when I'm looking at the second eighth house access, like my grandmother lived to be 94 and worked very hard to save a lot of money to be able to pass on to her grandchildren. And there's not a lot of lot, but I know that there's going to be like a shift of income coming that way. Mm -hmm. So when I look at it, it's just been another set of like a resource reset as far as other people's money and my money. That's what I've got.
0: That's brilliant. So you got both the second house stuff, but also eighth house. Some of the things that can come up is not just debt, but also inheritance in some instances. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's, That's really yeah. brilliant. And and yeah, that'll just play out over the course of of the next year, going all the way late into 2023. So you're still pretty early on in that process, but it's nice. This is a good example because it's nice. That you have that memory of like last time the eclipses were taking place in that axis and what some of that energy was like, so that maybe you're a little bit more prepared to like deal with it. It's not like your first rodeo or something.
9: Yeah. And yeah. the last time, I mean, again, it was a moment where I was like, I'm getting rid of everything I have. I'm suddenly having to pay all these things back. This is wild. And it, it was fine. And it's a similar like feeling right now where I'm like, okay, interesting. Not how I expect money to be looking, but I trust that it's going to shift itself out in the way that it should.
0: Yeah, and some of what's brilliant about that is just the way that your chart is set up with um, that Saturn in the 8th house in a day chart, um, and the ruler of your second house is Venus, which is in Aquarius, square Saturn but with reception. And sometimes Saturn can have that tendency towards... um, on the one hand things like drying up in some sense but also aestheticism or being okay with less like being okay with that and because it's saturn that's prominent on your second eighth house axis and in relation to the ruler of your second house like sometimes taking that into your own hands and carrying that out or playing that out yourself deliberately and being okay with that and coming to terms with it rather than it being some like external thing that's forced on you Yeah, but it it seems like that energy is something you very much own and are comfortable owning to some extent. I think so. (laughs) Yeah.
9: Yep, that's what I got. Thank you.
0: I like that. Thank you. (laughs) All right, I think we might have time for just one more example. You got one? All right. (laughs) Um how do you spell your first name? Yeah, it's Mark. It's just Mark. Okay, yeah, yeah. First, I want to say uh, Mark's been helping with tech setup today and with running a third camera, so can we give them a round of applause?
6: Thank you.
10: All right. What's your birth date? 86. Time? 225 PM. City? Colorado Springs.
5: All right,
0: uh, twenty nine Cancer rising. Yep, it's a pretty late degree
10: ascendant. It is. Yeah, <laughs> another one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did check my birth certificate. It does say two twenty five p.m. Okay, good, good, good man. And uh, uh, <laughs> basically, you can see my Pisces stellium. Uh, so you know, uh, all water signs uh, for my big three, and Cancer rising definitely resonates with me for sure. Okay, cool.
0: So you feel good
10: about that? Um, what's
0: your what's your eclipse story?
10: Yeah. So uh, as you kind of I'm looking at the sheet, uh, thinking back uh, to when I moved to Las Vegas in 2019, which was March. So what precipitated that was uh, the eclipses in 2018, because at that time I was DJing on a local radio station here in Denver. It was 89.3 FM KVO, so really cool uh, community-based uh, station. And at that point, that was really a highlight of my career. Um, I was really looking to be a a DJ at that time and and still currently am. So being on the radio was such a huge accomplishment. And so uh, to look back, uh, you know, starting August 2018 with an eclipse in Leo, which was my second house, um, kind of was the time where I really started kind of kickstarting that journey. And uh, being on the radio, it felt good. You know, as the first time, I kind of broke out of my shell and uh, did a lot of training. And I can kind of see uh, later in 2019. When was that by that event? By the way, being on the radio. Uh, yeah, that was uh, throughout 2018 and into 2019. So I would say, actually, probably around that time of August is when I started um, officially having my own show. Got it. Okay. And before that, I was kind of doing some some training. Uh, with an Aquarius uh, Sun. So that was kind of like throughout July uh, 2018 was where I was kind of doing some tutoring uh, for, from a radio host who was an Aquarius Sun at that time. So get on the radio uh, with the eclipse in Leo. And then at that point, my mentors are like, Mark, you're doing great. You're volunteering. Uh, how can you get paid for your passion? So, you know, second house uh, themes right there. So at that point is when I decided to move to Las Vegas. I'm a Colorado native, so to move outside of the state was a, a new experience for me. So I moved to Las Vegas in March of 2019, and what catches my eye is um, kind of that eclipse on zero degrees uh, of Leo mm-hmm. in 2019, which is pretty close to my ascendant.
0: Right. So there's overlap between like second house and first house. Mm-hmm.
10: Exactly. So I moved to Las Vegas in March, 2019, uh, kind of pursuing my, you know, and really I went there, uh, to, to build a home, you know, being from Colorado, uh, experiencing the rising prices, I felt priced out of the market. Um, looking to shift gears, not just for my DJ money game, but to really find a place I can feel like it's home and feel like it's affordable and cozy. So to see, uh, that eclipse on July 2nd, in cancer uh is is pretty stark when i look at this chart and then around that time later that week in 2019 was when my now currently uh ex my girlfriend at the time she moved to las vegas uh with me um to kind of start you know get out of denver and kind of restart uh, a, a new life so uh that eclipse in cancer was pretty fascinating at that point i'm like cool new city you know uh Girlfriend is coming with me. I was feeling kind of on top of the world at that moment. And then uh, I can kind of see that eclipse in Capricorn in July. Um, you know, some relationships, challenges at that point, I think, uh, is when I got a new promotion and a new job. And, uh, you know, then I'll fast forward to uh, 2020 because uh, it was March, Friday, March 13th. Uh, Friday the 13th was my last day working of my, at my day job and soon thereafter is when COVID hit and I moved back to Colorado. So around that time that was, you know, looks like another eclipse in cancer uh, in, in that January kind of activated that. So throughout that time, uh, you know, I've been kind of back and forth uh, through Colorado and uh, Nevada in 2020, just dealing with trying to find homes still, at, you know was that,
0: was that relationship consistent through that time
10: uh it it was it, it was consistent throughout that time and so you know I had to see a lot of uh cancer and capricorn situations um you know that would be my first and seventh house right. consequently she has a capricorn stellium so that was uh activating her chart a lot as well and uh ultimately you know, we were kind of bouncing back and forth just trying to acclimate to all the craziness of having to pivot with all the covid Restrictions and life changes, and uh, around December of 2020 was uh, yeah that eclipse in Sagittarius. We'll flash forward to that. Um, At that point, you know, after kind of watching the astrology podcast and some other introspection and um, studying, you know, I just had a pit in my stomach that yo, I think this is going to be the end of of my relationship and with with her, you know, and I think we kind of said that in in joking. Um, but it's just crazy because she's into astrology as well. And so we were kind of like half joking about it. And then that actually kind of happened where uh, our relationship is severed abruptly, uh, which Mars is in my sixth house. So I can kind of see that as a kind of cutting experience. And then, you know, I guess we can flash forward to uh, the eclipses in 2021. Some good old-fashioned uh, 12th, 6th house e- eclipses um, because after that breakup, I spent a lot of time in, in solitude just kind of recollecting my thoughts, just processing um, what the heck had happened in the world with COVID. In addition to that, processing my relationships with that girl, processing my, la- my relationship with myself and realizing um, how how did things precipitate uh, the way they did, how was I responsible for that um, definitely no regrets, but just a lot of introspection, just trying to figure out um, myself and processing uh, a lot of crazy situations. And then, you know,
0: introspection is a really good keyword for the 12th house. Yeah,
10: definitely. And so, you know, I think it's just fascinating how throughout 2020 and 2021, it's just bouncing around uh, my first and seventh house, and then 12th and sixth house. And fortunately, with the current series of eclipses, I'll flash-forward to to present time, um, I'm having a nodal return. And to see uh, my 11th house and my 5th house activated, I feel like the past drama of 2019, 2020, 2021, um, I feel stronger because of it. I accept everything the way that it happened. And um, when I spoke here last month, I'm really into gardening now. I'm involved in uh, a lot of agriculture in my local hometown of uh, Pueblo, Colorado. And, uh, you know, I'm meeting a lot of really cool people, like-minded people, uh, all around the ideas of sustainability, gardening, community, teamwork, and also the realization with uh, Uranus and Taurus that it could bring food restrictions, food shortages, potentially. Um, so it's just relieving to feel like I'm part of a community who uh, has, uh, it feels like we have a, a collective understanding of how to kind of get through these situations together and then uh how that's a- activated my fifth house um last week i was just doing some community gardening randomly met a really cool girl like out of, out of the blue so didn't really expect that and uh you know i feel like lately things are are pretty fun you know um my scorpio fifth house I'm really into composting, so something about the death and decay. <laughs> yeah, l- literally, I'm I'm like very obsessed about Scorpio obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, people are tossing out grass clippings. I'm like doing a U-turn and packing up my my SUV to like compost it. So I wish you guys could see my backyard. It's kind of a kind of a, a crazy house but um you know i so I, I just feel very very um at a good spot right now uh just doing things for fun doing things for agriculture and feeling like i fit into uh, a bigger community after kind of some dr- dramatic 2020 2021
0: yeah and that, and that makes so much sense also in terms of i know you know we had a lunar eclipse in Taurus last november and it wasn't too long after that that i know you reached out to me and you wanted to connect because you had been wanting to Connect with other astrologers as part of a community for a long time, and we started talking. And then we had that recent Taurus eclipse just last month, and we met for the first time. And then you then ended up playing a really integral role uh, in helping me to set up for this meeting. And suddenly, find yourself, you know, sort of in the center of a community of astrologers
10: here. So I can see your eleventh house eclipses playing out there at the same time. In that way. Definitely, yeah. So all my all my current passions, uh, still including music, you know, it's the opportunities to to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, astrology really deepened that practice in the last three years. Uh, so I'm very grateful to be you know here right now uh, with our community here and in person finally. Um, especially working uh, you, you know talking with you, and then my my gardening group once again. So all my uh, passions and interests, my fifth house, um, are currently being activated with community. And, you know, as I told you, I didn't necessarily drive. I stayed in Denver yesterday for some business uh, meetings. Um, We're working to try to bring a new restaurant to Pueblo, which is a a nonprofit, pay what you can type model. Um, Delicious food. So that's kind of like more tourist themes uh, in in my realm. And then uh, I stayed in in town and I uh, played some poker last night. So that's kind of some fifth house activations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just nice being in in Blackhawk, getting out of the city, just kind of being... um, in the solitude of the mountains, just getting some fresh air, looking at the moon, which technically last night was still in, in Libra, but just really honoring the moon as it's coming into fullness, me being ruled by the moon, having a Scorpio moon. Um, it was just a fun time just to kind of be out there, uh, just reflecting uh, in preparation for coming here, here today. So I'm excited that my fifth and eleventh house is being activated now uh, versus all the craziness of the first, seventh, and uh, sixth and twelfth of the past few years.
0: Yeah, that's really brilliant. I look forward to seeing how those themes continue to emerge for you in terms of community and and other things over the course of the next year or so as you continue to have eclipses in those houses. Definitely, yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, um, it looks like it's 4 p.m. So this is kind of we, we did start a little bit late, but it's getting towards the end of our time in terms of um, wrapping things up here and still being able to hang out and socialize for a little bit longer until we need to clear the room by 5 p.m. Um, does anybody have any questions or anything before we wrap up this meeting when it comes to to eclipses? Yeah, Marilyn. Yeah, let's pull that up really quickly. That that was. I'm not looking forward to that one. That one looks kind of scary. I'm not gonna lie. All right. Okay, so Marilyn mentioned the next Taurus lunar eclipse that's going to take place later this year. I'm going to advance the chart until that moment and we'll see a really lovely looking configuration of, let's see, the Sun is at 15 degrees of Scorpio. So this takes place on November 8th, uh, 2022, which I think many astrologers have noted happens to be midterm election day here in the United States at the end of the year. Um, So the lunar eclipse will go exact at 15 degrees of Taurus, which um, not only is very closely conjunct the North Node at 13 Taurus, but also is very closely conjunct Uranus at 16 degrees of Taurus. And that's opposite to the Sun, of course, at 15 Scorpio, but also for some reason Mercury is exactly conjunct the Sun on that day opposing and applying to oppose Uranus. And all of that is squaring Saturn at 18 degrees of Aquarius. So it looks like a very tense eclipse that's going to take place at that time, um, but also a very Uranian one of something being really shaken up and the destabilizing sometimes effects of eclipses being emphasized by the prominence of Uranus at that time. And um, Yeah, so that's pretty notable. And that's one of the other factors that comes into play with eclipses that we didn't focus on too much during the course of sharing stories, but just looking and seeing what other planets the eclipse is configured to in some ways describing some of the energies that are brought to the forefront in the world at that time. And sometimes that can be relevant in a very personal way uh, in our individual lives, but other times it can relate to uh, changes that are going on in the collective. For example, there was a set of eclipses that took place in Capricorn and Cancer in uh, November and December of 2019, and that's right when COVID was starting to like emerge um, and build up. And those ended up being the eclipses that were foreshadowing the emergence of COVID in the world over the course of the next few weeks or few months. Um, And then more recently, we had a Taurus eclipse here just a couple of weeks ago, and that was closely conjunct Uranus, and um, a lot of people have noticed there's been some pretty major um, destabilizations in terms of the markets recently where all of a sudden a bunch of markets, a bunch of commodities and things like that are suddenly going really up or really down, and it's caused a lot of disruptions in terms of the economy. So, did you have any like, like specific point about that, Marilyn, in terms of November? Okay. <laughs> yeah, the political astrology is a whole other thing and we might have to do a meeting for that uh, on its own once we get closer to election day, which we sometimes do or have historically in the past. Stephanie? I just
2: went- <clears throat> Sorry, my voice goes out sometimes, um, that Mercury's Cassini, me, the Sun, that day. It's Didn't not it's not best. It's right here in the heart
0: of the sun. Yeah, Mercury's right in the heart of the sun on Election Day in November. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of big stuff. I mean, mean, it's going to be a really important, potentially like turning point in terms of the country. And I think that, you know, whatever party controls the House is going to be decided at that point and whether the Democrats retain it or whether it changes hands to the Republicans. Uh, which then will precipitate and lead into immediately after that the next presidential election which will take place exactly two years later but that's like the lead up to them. Yeah. We're also in that chart right
4: you notice to put The Saturn being in the fifth house means it's not gonna be a fun contest.
0: That the square with Saturn is going to be it's not gonna be a fun eclipse. Uh, contest. Fun contest, yeah. There'll be
6: some sex scandals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, <that's Yeah>. <laughs> or maybe it's um, the abortion issue. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah. Deal. About, about
2: children.
0: children. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah, so that's a whole, maybe we could do a follow-up meeting on that at some point, which is just like predicting with eclipses and mundane astrology and talking about world events and how eclipses relate to that. Um, that might be a fun meeting at some point, or not like quote-unquote fun meeting at some point, which is just... <laughs> Eclipses sometimes being harbingers of major world changes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um,
2: it's not related to the elections, but I was researching that uh, Jupiter starting like a new twelve-year cycle as it enters into Aries. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could speak on that a
10: little
0: bit. Um, yeah. I mean, that might be that might be something we could do, or it might be fun to do a whole meeting on. I don't know if I have anything to say about that right now, immediately in terms of just relating to the topic of eclipses or anything like that. But everybody should think about because Jupiter just changed signs, what whole sign house it just went into in your chart, and that potentially being an area of growth and expansion over the course of the next year um, as Jupiter moves through Aries. It will retrograde back into Pisces at the very end of the year briefly, so it's not completely done with Pisces. but. Um, one of the things you can do as we did with eclipses where we thought back eight years ago is if you want to know what a current Jupiter transit is about, think back to 12 years earlier, what um, areas or what topics were activated when Jupiter went through that house, and you'll sometimes gain some insight or a preview into what's coming up as Jupiter again returns to that sign. Yeah, any other?
6: Yeah. I just um, Another thing be really interesting time since, when they happen on your as part of your solar return chart because I had one that happened in 2007 um, on my
5: birthday and as part of my solar return
6: and I there were like things that happened that in my whole life that year basically was like, picked up and like thrown in a whole different direction and there were transits to justify what had happened in my life at that time. And I went back and realized that there was an eclipse to my solar return chart. And I know that's not what we're talking about, but I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there because it can be really impactful for your year and um, can really put those, blow up the whole uh, some symbolism, I think, of eclipses when they impact your your year that way, your solar return.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's a great way of personalizing eclipses is seeing if you have an eclipse in your solar return chart and that year of your life actually having much greater importance or standing out in some significant way in terms of your overall life chronology compared to other years. That's a really great point. And and that also happens with secondary progressions, which is that um, all of us at different points will have a secondary progressed New Moon and Full Moon, and that can be like the beginning of a new cycle when you have a secondary progressed New Moon or the culmination of something you started many years earlier when you have a secondary progressed Full Moon. But if one of those lunations also happens to be an eclipse, that can supercharge it and make it even more important for you than it might be otherwise. So that's another good way of paying attention to eclipses. Another good way of paying attention to eclipses or seeing if they're going to be important for you is if you do the technique of annual perfections, where you just count one sign per year from the ascendant. If you come to a year where it activates Cancer or Leo, uh, so that one of the luminaries is activated as a time lord for you in that year, then eclipses are going to be more important for you in that year compared to other years of your life. So that's one of the other filtering factors that we haven't been. applying so far here, but it's kind of implicit because sometimes that's the reason why some of these eclipse stories ended up being more important than others. It's because there were background techniques that were indicating that those eclipses would be important in that year. So many other things to think about and lots of other things we can go into, but I think that's it for this meeting of the Denver Astrology Group. So thanks everybody for joining us today. We're going to be... We're going to be back here again next month. And I think we're actually going to do a meeting on rectification because a a astrologer, I'm having astrologer, a friend of mine named Patrick Watson, who's coming into a town. And Patrick specializes in rectification. And I think we might try to do some sort of workshop style format where we had a bunch of charts today where, you know, it could have been an ascendant in one sign or another. And I think what we're going to do is I'm going to ask people that have the ascendant like that to come in and we might do some on the fly rectifications where we switch back and forth between the two charts and we try to quickly establish by communicating with a person and asking them questions that would Im- implicate one chart or another and try to establish what the correct rising sign is. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be the next meeting uh, and it will be with Patrick here in person in Denver. So um yeah, everyone be sure to join us for that on the second Saturday of next month in June and we'll see you again next time. Special thanks to all the patrons that supported the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, thanks to the patrons on our producers tier, including Thomas Miller, Katherine Conroy, Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, Angelique Nambo, Sumo Kopic, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Morgan McKinsey, and Kristen Otero, If you like the work that I'm doing here on the podcast and you would like to find a way to support it, then please consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. And in exchange, you'll get access to bonus content such as early access to new episodes, the ability to attend the live recording of the month ahead forecast each month, access to a private monthly auspicious elections report that we put out each month, access to exclusive episodes that are only available for patrons, or you can also get your name listed in the credits at the end of each episode. For more information, go to patreon.com astrologypodcast The main software we use here on the podcast to look at astrological charts is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available at alabe.com, and you can use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we use a similar set of software by the same programming team called AstroGold for Mac OS, which is available from astrogold.io. And you can use the promo code astropodcast15 to get a 15% discount on that as well. If you'd like to learn more about the approach to astrology that I outline on the podcast, then you should check out my book titled Hellenistic Astrology, the Study of Fate and Fortune, where I traced the origins of Western astrology and reconstructed the original system that was developed about 2000 years ago. And in this book, I outline uh, basic concepts but also take you into intermediate and advanced techniques for reading a birth chart, including some timing techniques so you can find out more about the book at hellenisticastrology.com book. The book pairs very well with my online course on ancient astrology called The Hellenistic Astrology Course, which has over a 100 hours of video lectures where I go into detail about teaching you how to read a birth chart and showing hundreds of example charts in order to really demonstrate how the techniques work in practice. So find out more information about that at theastrologyschool.com. Also, special thanks to our sponsors, including the Mountain Astrologer magazine, which is available at mountainastrologer.com, the Honeycomb Collective Personal Astrological Almanacs, available at honeycomb.co, and the AstroGold Astrology app, which is available for both iPhone and Android at astrogold.io. There are also two major astrology conferences happening this year. The first is the Northwest Astrological Conference happening May 26th through the 30th, 2022 near Seattle, Washington. Find out more information at norwac.net. And the second is the International Society for Astrological Research Conference, which is taking place August 25th through the 29th, 2022 in Westminster, Colorado. And you can find out more information about that at isar2022.org.